This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother. No spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Caitlin. Hi, Kate. So good to see you. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously better since the election. Yay! Oh my God. What a relief. What an absolute relief. I just kept like crying randomly. (gasps) I know. I know. It was so good. I took a like a solid two hour nap on Saturday and it was just like the most peaceful thing. Mm hmm. You know, like a weight. Yeah, just needed to like recharge. So it's interesting. Our neighborhood put up like a really big, big Trump flag. And so I retaliated with my social justice signs. And mm-hmm. and it's funny because you would see that someone would put up a Trump flag and then the neighbors would be like, oh, fuck, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. We don't yeah, support good. this. And then all the neighbors around that one house would put up like their Biden signs. <laughs> and. So after the election, what was it? Saturday, they took the flag down. And I was. Yeah, they they moved fast, didn't they? Well, I said, hold on. But I said to the boys, I said, they're not a true Trumper because there's two houses up the road that still have their flags. Another one with the light still shining on it. Ew. So I'm like, so someone doesn't, you know, like, I feel like those people aren't going to take their flags down until January. Or never. It's going to be like the new Confederate flag. I know. It really is. Fucking gross. Um, well, I'm I'm glad that we we lived to see this. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of horrible things happening and people are, Americans are dying because of yep. COVID. But we've we've been safe and careful. And hey, my mom it. just sent me here. a text. Hey, are you coming for Thanksgiving? I'm like, mom, I just I can't answer this right now. <laughs> Right. Cases are spiking again. Like Liz was going to go home to Michigan this week uh, to hunt like this oh, coming weekend opening and that, um, opening day. And and she night. just had to like she just had to cancel today because oh. of, you know, people getting sick here and there. So it's a bummer, but we're just hoping next year will be, you know, I know. And I, I work in a school. My mom's immune compromised and watches my two nieces. Right. Like, right, right. Exactly. There's a lot. It, uh, it's not going to be an easy holiday season. I know that's just how it is, but we'll all just try and stay I, in touch as best we can, but hopefully very, very soon. Well, for sure. Very, very soon. We are going to have a new president who takes this seriously and, <sighs> We will get it under control. Yeah. Because we know how to deal with viruses if we just fucking do it. If we just do it and stop, like, spreading false information and, like, fueling the fucking fire. And it's everyone, no worse than the everyone, flu. I know. And everyone he knows is getting it. Like, fucking Ben Carson just tested I know. Positive. I saw like, that. Like, dude, come on. Um, anyway, back to our actual show. Thank you so much to our lovely guest hosts last time, Jeanette and Chris. Jeanette is always so prepared. Yeah. She's great. She's amazing. She's yeah. a wonderful switch hitter. Designated hitter? Whatever. Chris, Relief. So Relief Chris had hitter. an idea of, 
you and him doing a podcast together and me and Liz doing a podcast together. And I was like, really? Yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, yo, tell Kate that I think like her and I should do one and then you and Liz can do one. I was like, yeah, but Liz already said she wouldn't do one with me. No, she didn't. Yeah, like, on the podcast, that if Caitlin asked, she would say, no way. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. But then that's I got nervous. I got really nervous. I was like, I don't know. Kate Kate really carries the team. No I'm nervous way. to do that. That would be cute. We could do like down. an opposite day. Yeah. I would still opposite want us, spouses. just the four of us to do one. Yeah, that could be really fun. Once Corona is over, dear God, let's hope we're, oh well, God. God, let's hope we're not still doing a show. But let's hope we are, because it's going to be years and years. Um, we'll definitely do a, a four-ski. Uh, so that was awesome. It was great to listen to. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, my surgery went well. Everything's healing up nicely. Um, so that was it was just nice to not have to worry about all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I really appreciate you stepping in and doing of course, the of course. editing and everything. <sighs> You're an angel. Harrowing experience. Harrowing. Harrowing experience. And you, did, you did a great job. In honor of that. I promise I will keep it tight. <laughs> no keep it loss. tight. Woo. Now that you know what it's like. <laughs> Holy shit, you guys. Six hours that shit took me. No oh joke. God. I listened to it so many times. I have it yeah. memorized. I can't even. It takes a lot. It takes a lot oh. in the beginning. And then you start to. I can see how you can get into. It. Yeah. Like you can see where the gaps are. Um, and yeah, it, it just gets it just gets easier. It's like muscle memory. Yeah. Um, also, we need to say it on here loud and clear. We were wrong. I don't know what you're talking we, about. We were wrong about PJ okay. and Scooby. They are not played by the same guy, except I guess all white guys look alike to They us, do. So. Tell me. You know what? Come on. A little more of that in the world. You know, they deserve. <laughs> so, yeah, they're two different actors. I don't know how. I've never seen them in the same room together. So. Same. I think someone's just collecting two moderate checks. Agreed. Very small royalty checks. Yes. That's what I think. Conspiracy (laughs) theory. Yeah. Yeah. Five bucks. Um, We also have a bunch of new patrons. I just want to, I want to say them all just in case we missed anybody because I was on, then you were on and Mm -hmm. then, you know, emails and all that. So the last five that I saw, thank you so much, Nikki, Helena, David R, Sahil and Diane. Really, really excited to have you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, the biggest news, the biggest, biggest, biggest news is we got some we got some preliminary news about a new project coming from Carter and Craig. It's a project that they told us about in person, in, in person, in detail in New York City that night. Um, I we both cried when they told us the. It was- the premise of the of the movie and then we just had to sit on it for fucking two years or a year what how was it last a year and a half a year and a half yeah it's been a year and a half like unbelievable so carter and craig uh they're shopping around this musical film called molly in the moon um you can go look it up to get the full the full synopsis and they're they're looking to have Kristen Bell and Jonathan Groff as the leads in this fucking musical movie. I mean, how is that not going to get made? How is it not going to get made? How is it not going to be huge? It's going to be amazing. It sounds um, incredible. It wow. just is such an amazing story. And when I fucking cry, I I fucking cry every time. So basically, if I can remember correctly, 
the the movie takes place within a a child who's like struggling to live, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like this story inside her brain. And the moon, she's trying to get to the moon, and the moon is like the real world, mm-hmm. like being alive and oh god. So it's just like this musical chills. of her journey to the moon. And it's like, holy shit. So they uh Carter said that they've been working on this since like the week after Hemium ended. So it's been a long, long time coming and we are so excited. I'm hoping that we'll get to do a special episode about the movie mm-hmm. whenever it happens. Um, and we'll see if we can get Carter and or Craig to come on and talk about it because that would be incredible. And obviously, gentlemen, if you're listening, we're here to do literally anything that we our little selves could possibly do for you. Yes. Because, wow, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, another show update is during my recovery, during my convalescence, I did Great. an interview. I did a little interview with an actor who is on the next episode of Hemium, a character that nobody easily forgets. Richard Greenleaf, owner of the Burner House. <laughs> so I interviewed Amir Talai, who is who is the, the actor behind the Murder House owner. And it was so fantastic. He is such a fucking great guy. He's also super into politics and he's a progressive. And he was like, he's been uh, training all these phone bankers. That's like a huge part of his life up leading up to the elections on you know on top of everything else and he has an amazing story of his single day on set that i mean his he told me that his day on set lasted maybe an hour and a half and the entire story is fucking bananas from beginning to end so really really excited to to uh, share that up that interview with you all next time and last but not least we need to choose our november live stream date we're gonna do our november live stream on Tuesday, November 24th, usually we do it around 7 p.m. Eastern time, so we record right after at 7.30. So um, if you are a patron, you should have a link mm-hmm. to get uh, signed up for our secret <clears throat> Instagram account, which you can go and um, do now. Make sure you get all registered for that. And then we will do our live in two weeks. We will see you on the 24th. Those are always fun. I know it is a blast. I'm so glad we figured out that Instagram is the best way oh to do it because it was rough. It Thank was you rough for, for sticking while. with us, patrons. Yeah, no shit, no shit. <sighs> Through the potato quality and <laughs> and just like the well, I guess we'll try again next month. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so stay tuned at the end of this episode for legendary moments from listeners like you. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members. Adam, Russell, Tish, Johnny, and Ben. Thanks to all of our patrons as well for their support of this show. Our Patreon works on a sliding scale. You give what you can each month and you'll receive all the perks we offer. Join for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. Caitlin, you are never going to believe what I got in the mail. What? A huge surprise box (gasps) From Rachel's, Rachel's cookies, cookies and, and treats. treats. Girl, so did I. Oh, my God. It came with this sweet little note, and it uh-huh. says, just wanted to say thank you for doing such a great job. 
hyping up our cookies on the podcast. Hopefully this helps with election anxiety too. Love, Tasha and Trevor. How nice is that? They're the best, aren't they? Oh my gosh. You know, usually when mm. I get these cookies, I've ordered them myself. Mm-hmm. But getting them as a surprise, even better. I even better. Pulled up from work. Like got home from work. <gasps> oh my god. Pulled up the driveway. Oh, you didn't open it? I was waiting for this moment. I'm unboxing. Oh, girl. I'm on Go like ahead. my third cookie. Oh, oh my god, it's all the best ones. Mm-hmm. We got the apple cider cookies. We've got the lemon cookies. A huge thing of oatmeal chocolate chip, mm. our favorite. Oh my god. Thank mm-hmm. you guys so much. This is amazing. Anyway, you were saying you pulled up. Oh my god, and I saw a box. Yeah. And I got closer and I saw the little like sticker for Rachel's cookies and treats. I was like, oh shit. I got cookies. And then, guys, I couldn't remember if I had like too many sandwiches and ordered some or not. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't think I ordered any. I really was so confused. Me too. So I had ordered, I sent them to Jeanette to thank her for the podcast and they devoured oh, them. Yeah, they um they devoured the uh molasses crinkle cookies, which are yeah. I got one of those right here. I just ate a Nona. I'm eating a Nona right now. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, after I sent hers, like the next couple days, like I would go back on the site and be like, I should order some cookies. And I'm like, you know what, Caitlin, like chill. Right. Just yeah. chill. But I, I hadn't had them in a while. I was craving them so badly. And lo and behold, they showed up on the fucking doorstep. Up. So I, can, I thought I ordered them. So I, ha- <laughs> I opened the box and then there was the note. How sweet. Aren't they the best? I mean, who wouldn't crave these? They're a small family-owned and operated business, woman-owned. Mm-hmm. All real ingredients go into these bad boys and no preservatives, and you can definitely taste that. These do not taste like the stuff you get in the grocery store. Guys, I'm not, like, we're not saying this just to promote the business. Like, no. Kate and I, first of all, would never even, like, talk I about would never. This. Yeah, I would never promote something I didn't actually like. No. And these Unless co- they paid us a lot of money. Okay. Yeah, that's different. Hint, hint. Goliath <laughs> <laughs> um, National Bank. That was perfect. Remember FDIC. But these fucking cookies, we can't get enough. Like, I order them semi-regularly. It's mm-hmm. like every every six weeks or so, I think I put in an order. So I clearly yeah. was due. And... They sent them to us, and it was just such a wonderful surprise, especially after, like, the election and everything just feeling so heavy and crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, to come home to surprise cookies is amazing. So maybe you are feeling like you don't want any cookies, but that's okay, HB fam, because you can send them to a friend and give yes. them surprise cookies. Friends or family, like, we were just talking at the top of the episode about how you mm-hmm. might not be able to see your family this year. Mm-hmm. For the holidays, send some cookies. Mm-hmm. Send them Rachel's Cookies and Treats. Send them to a friend you, you know is having a tough time in quarantine. Like, it's super, super easy. You go to rachelscookiesandtreats.com, and you get 25% off with our promo code. 25% off. So just enter H-B-F-A-M, all caps, and you'll be able to order 25% more cookies and treats for the same amount. And you can ship them anywhere in the continental U.S. This is season four Episode 22, Right Place, Right Time. We're really ramping up the momentum on season four with this one. 
So this first aired on Star Wars Day in 2009. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. And it makes sense because Stella, the Star Wars hater, comes back around. (laughs) And uh, our writer is Stephen Lloyd. And our director, as always, the fantastic Pam Fryman. So Stephen Lloyd, this might not, this probably won't surprise you because this episode has a similar feel, but he wrote Brunch. The goat mm. intervention. Aha. So there's like pieces that come back around, and I feel like the way the story starts off one place kind of like brunch, and then you get more and more and more of the like the backstory. Yeah. Yep. Is kind of like similar to this. But um, as Kate would say, put a pin in that for intervention. Put a pin in that. Yeah. And I also noticed that it was a little like it had the same sort of lesson as Lucky Penny, right? Like how mm-hmm. all these little things in your life add up to you know in that case it was missing an opportunity but it ended up being a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. so we open with ted in a really sexy cowboy shirt he's hoping to land his first big client as mosbius designs and he's just bending over backwards to do it he's got the hat on he's got the shirt he's you know just really kissing these ribtown dudes butts but he can't seem, yeah, he can't seem to do it. Like there's, there's some kind of a block where, I mean, there's a little bit of pride, obviously, because he keeps saying, you know, I could be designing bridges, right? But you're not. Right. So there's like a pride. There's like an ego thing to it. There's like a depression about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't feel, he, he just can't get it together, no matter how much he says he can. And Robin comes home and tells him that he needs to take a break. Like, dude, go get a bagel. And that small recommendation sets off an important chain of events that leads him eventually, <laughs> eventually to the mother. Because Robin points out that he's been up for 34 hours. And do you remember, like, doing that? Like, what the fuck? Like, you thought that was cool oh, to stay God. up all night at a sleepover? I'm too old for that like, stuff. Like, fucking Grenade, yeah. your short story that had me wrecked, you little bitch. Oh. I had that in my notes. <laughs> how to say it thank you so much yeah that that yeah just a little aside that shit really happens Um, yeah so anyway so she tells him to go get a bagel that's the whole point yeah Uh, i have to ask you what is your favorite new york bagel order okay so i don't really it's fluctuated over time i'll give you like the whole in this start to finish big 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 fan of egg bagels from the beginning then it went to egg everything, That's my which I just, mm-hmm. delicious, right? Then there was a period of like two years <laughs> where Jack and I were traveling into the city to see um, my uncle yep. and visit them. And my uncle David turned me on to a gross sounding bagel sandwich that is just delicious. It's a salt bagel. Love a salt bagel. With cream cheese mm-hmm. and then Swiss cheese. Interesting. It is such if you have it, we had it on um, with a like sun dried tomato cream Ooh, cheese ones. Oh, girl, that sounds so good! Oh, oh no, that sounds so amazing. I loved that for a very, very, very long time. That was my go to bagel. And now we get um, bagels from the Bronx. Yeah. From our our butcher gets um, all his mm. bread and stuff from the Bronx, and so we put in orders for the stuff we want now because he's our friend. That's amazing. He got us a gallon size of blue cheese. Yeah. So anyway, so we get these bagels from the Bronx. They are the best bagels I've ever had in my life. And I'm super into just a toasted sesame bagel with some butter. Ooh. It is so okay. Good. 
So you've gotten, you've sort of streamlined it. But I think my all-time forever favorite, an egg everything is just. Yeah, same. I'm egg everything with either chive or veggie cream Ooh. cheese. And the everything. I love the flavored cream cheese. The everything has to have salt as part of the everything. Oh. Which mm-hmm. outside of New York, they don't fucking do. A lot of poppy seeds. A lot of poppy seeds. Where is the salt? <laughs> None to be found. Not, not a not a grain. Not a grain to be found. And I feel like the salt really like ties all the flavors together. Yes. Yes. Fuck. I need one so bad. I'm gonna order some egg everything from the. I'll order some from the from the butcher because Chris oh asked. God, he was like, please. "Yo, do you want me to get you any of your own bagels?" I was like, "I don't know. I really love these sesame. They're so good." But I'll get some egg everything and share some with Yay, you. Yay, good. Because uh, thank you. Not just good. God, Kate, what are you, raised by wolves? Um, my, <laughs> good. My, my other friend, Caitlin, uh, her family lives on Long Island, so she'll sometimes be able to bring me back mm. some bagels when she visits, which is always very generous of her. So shout out to you, Caitlin. I know you, I know you listen to our show. What up? What up? So Ted heads out, and again, Robin says, bring your umbrella. So Robin is really the one that is pushing him toward this this next path in his life, which mm-hmm. we know what it is, but no spoilers. Right. So cue the yellow umbrella and the fucking gentle piano music, right? Like that. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's like the mother's music, right? It's like just like this anticipation. Um, and, and suddenly, and I said, and suddenly we've got momentum. It's like <sighs> during the course of a season... They have to fill a lot of episodes, right? And you want to learn more about everybody, not just about the mother and and Ted coming closer together. And then every time as we start narrow like getting down to the end of the season, this this like explosion happens and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god. Like we're going to get another clue. Like we're we're going to get closer to her. We're actually going somewhere. It's not like a show that doesn't have an end in sight, a purpose, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like Friends, which was just like, let's keep doing this and see how everybody matures. This is like, no, we really need to. We're we're on a schedule and we're trying to get mm-hmm. somewhere. So, all of that sort of swells up here, and it's very very exciting. And holy shit, we're back in. We're back and in and addicted to the to the chase, much like Ted. And like I said, it's very much like Lucky Penny. And I just wanted to read future Ted's little speech here because mm. I kept like quoting bits of it. And I'm like, just read it. Just read the whole thing. Cause I just, yeah, love it. it's so good. Uh, 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 um. And this is amazing running writing by Stephen Lloyd and whoever else, you know, punched it up. The great moments of your life won't necessarily be the things you do. They'll also be the things that happen to you. Now I'm not saying you can't take action to affect the outcome of your life. You have to take action and you will. But never forget that on any day, you can step out the front door and your whole life can change forever. <sighs> you see, the universe has a plan, kids. And that plan is always in motion. <gasps> a dog barks. A butterfly flaps its wings. And it starts to rain. It's a scary thought, but it's also kind of wonderful. Oh, I love that line. All mm-hmm. these little parts of the machine constantly working, making sure that you end up exactly where you're supposed to be, exactly when you're supposed to be there, the right place at the right time. Damn, that's good. It's so good. Like, it is so good. Fuck you if you like friends better than this. Truly. I mean, you know, come on. I I was thinking not specifically about that, but um, 
you know, I will, when I do a rewatch of the show after my notes, I, it's usually like when I'm doing meal prep or washing the dishes or whatever. Yeah. So it's in a space where people are walking by. I usually have it on my phone or something. Yeah. And Chris was walking by and he stopped and he's just watching the episode and just like cracking up. Yeah. It's just such a great show. It, it really is. I, I think the characters are way more lovable than anyone on Friends too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ross, I mean. Oh God, I know. So on first watch, we see Ted get to this corner, right? And we see all these little, these little changes he's making. And it's also mm-hmm. like. Uh, the episode where he proposes to Stella, right? It's like he could have taken this cab, but he took this cab instead, right? So there are all these callbacks kind of to him and Stella as well. And he ends up on this corner and he, you know, he gets tapped on the shoulder and you're the first time watching, you're sure it's the mother. Oh, yeah. You're sure it's her because, you know, seasons ago we we heard, you know the story about your mom's umbrella. So we think he's got the yellow umbrella. He's, and there's this, you know, random woman coming up to him. It's never going to be that simple, kids. I love watching it the next time around and watching Stella in the background and seeing her. And it's like so obviously Sarah Chalk. So, yeah. I mean, just the bell-bottom pants with the heeled boot. Yep. And the clearly she also has on like some sort of blazer and tank top with like the ruffle or whatever too. Obviously. 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 Um, so yeah, so we're we're back in. We're what a setup for an episode. We're fucking hooked, and now we're gonna find out exactly how why Ted ended up there. Like and and it's not these things that happened this day, it's like some of them go back weeks. Um, and, and like you said, um, some of it goes back weeks. And so future Ted is going to take us on that journey because of course he is. Mm -hmm. And the first thing we start off with is he went left instead of right. And this also, this whole episode, it just like Lucky Penny reminds me of a Doctor Who episode, turn left on any Whovians out there. Mm. I don't know. But she said, he said something about turning left and that's the name of the episode. So Mm. remind me of it. But anyway, um, so why did he go left? Well, we got to. In order to tell you that, we got to go back a few days. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, like I said, is reminiscent of some of the other episodes where you get to really, like, go back and back and back. And then all those gaps are filled in. Yeah, yep. So anyway, as we know, Robin is hosting her morning show. Come on, get up, New York. Come on. And Come on. Please clap. (laughs) Please, yeah. Please clap. And she's doing an interview with a sweet little old lady who makes these handmade embroidered silk purposes that are super super expensive and take so much time and robin's like i can't tell you how much <laughs> i cannot emphasize she, enough yeah <laughs> and she gets this look and then she turns and she pukes right into not one but two purses, two purses yeah poor eunice <laughs> poor eunice so robin we see her on the couch and, um, you know, Ted wants to know why she's puked. There's a joke about her being pregnant, which, of course, she is. But Right, right. Um, it's actually really because she has food poisoning and she doesn't want to tell Ted because it's from a place that he loves. What would you do in this situation if it was, like, a beloved restaurant? I would fucking would tell. You? Why would Ted not right? want to know? I know. It I seems don't care. Like, it seems like Ted, though, goes out of his way to eat at sketchy New York places to be cool. 
for the experience. Right, because he has all these he's things like there's a baby crib in the middle of the restaurant <laughs> and the cat that jumps on all the Who tables. The- so like seems like he's doing it on purpose. I, I know. Yeah, I, I would absolutely buy that for a dollar. Right. Um, I love when Barney comes rushing in. Ted, 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 Ted. <laughs> he th- and tells him that he's got to Google like Robin Trubatsky puke or whatever. And Robin makes a comment about, oh, someone put it up on YouTube already. And Barney's like, yes, yeah, someone. someone. And we know yeah, yeah. who that someone is. Um, and I love the mention of YouTube here. I remember um, my first time ever looking up something on YouTube. In it was, I think it was 2007. Wow. Because I know, because I was still with Jack's dad. Yeah, yeah. And not, things weren't like awful, awful because <laughs> his friends were at the house right. and we were looking something up. And I was like, oh, I, rem- I can, I remember like hearing about it the and then using it. came in. Do you want to know what it was yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. It was the American Idol. <laughs> um, so this is when we'll know the date. It was the American Idol um, audition where someone's face was like half a, like masculine looking and then half feminine looking. Oh my God. So it was like and James. Yeah. Doing islands in the stream. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'll keep it tight. Um, Anyway, so at at some point we see that Robin is feeling well enough to go out to McLaren's and Ted is still bothering her, asking about, you know, the various disgusting restaurants that he goes to. Mm -hmm. Finally, when he accuses McLaren's, she tells him that it's Schlegel's Bagels. Oh, Schlegel's. With the health code rating of D as the first part of delicious yeah. bagels. <laughs> and so there's no real Schlegel's bagels, but there is a Schmegel's bagels oh. in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, man. Not even in New York. I know. Um, I have to say, this is not the only food poisoning. This is not <gasps> the only time that food poisoning will play a big role in this show. So put a pin in that. It's, I think it's a very classic New York City storyline, right? Because I remember when they started doing those really big, like, letters on the outsides mm. of the restaurants. That was, like, a big deal yep. that all the all the comedians made fun of. So, uh, And then I also love Barney and Ted having very different direct, uh, reactions to Robin saying she was oh, pregnant. You know, Ted's like, yeah. I will raise this child with you. And Barney just Barney fucking runs, runs out. out. Incredible. <clears throat> yeah, so if Ted had, you know, gone to Schlegel's Bagels, he would have gotten his bagel, worked on the hat building, and then, gotten you know, the kids died. gotten sick and died. Yeah. So the kids never would have been born. Right. But he didn't. Instead, he went to his second favorite bagel place. <laughs> and as Future Ted is telling the story, he mentions that, oh, of course, you know, I did stop to, you know, look at the magazine stand. Why did I, you know, stop there? So, of course, we know we're going to get another piece of the story. So, you know, first he went left, then he goes to the newsstand. Mm-hmm. So why does he go to the newsstand or magazine stand? The magazine stand, yeah. Uh, he goes to the magazine stand because a week ago, Barney came in with a different magazine than the one he ends up looking for. He comes in with Bro's Life magazine with an image of Petra Petrova buried in it. Petra Petrova. Petra Petrova, a Czechoslovakian supermodel that he somehow is, has a date with, but that's not part of the story. I love that part. To me, that was like the writers being like, shut up. We don't have time. It's and I was wondering, I'm like, is that like future Ted, like editing out like the story or Could something be. like, Could be. 
I don't know, but I just love that. That's not, that's not part that's of the not story. That's not part of the story. It's like, oh, wow, all right. So the big news <gasps> is that this is going to be the uh, 200th girl that Barney has had sex with. And I love when Ted's like, 200th, as in sex with? <laughs> as in sex with. I request the highest of fives. So we got a classic uh, new high five here. Ted's very grossed out. Barney has a list. Of course he does. Which is, which I remember the first time I saw this was surprising to me because he doesn't seem to remember names very well. There's like, sometimes he remembers names. Sometimes he doesn't know who they are. He just says, dear resident, right? <laughs> but then also sometimes he scrapbooks them. So it's like, does Barney remember these women or not? Is, I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a guest book or right. something. Like Please sign it on your way out. Thank you so much. Review us on Yelp. Like maybe the maybe the acting like oh he doesn't God, remember, remember the fake them? Yelp. Re- oh, sorry, for no bird box. What fake Yelp review? The, not it wasn't fake. We were actually going to write the Yelp review for that restaurant we went to for your bachelorette. Oh remember my the God, whole, that we place spent is like the horrible. whole night. A bunch of Kate, uh, Kate, and like a, a couple of your writer friends, right? Because yeah. Zach was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just penning the most gorgeous. Just f- like flaming them, flaming them. Yeah, that was brutal so Brutal Yelp review. That was so bad. Um, yeah, I don't think we ever posted it. No. I don't think we did. Um, but yeah, so uh, at the bar, Marshall has used his his Chartley Wiles to figure out the real odds and the real uh, success rate of Barney. And Barney's there in his tux with his champagne because he's got a date with Petra in two hours. And the first thought I had was, I miss Lily. Like, it's oh. it's at the point now where it's been too long. I agree. It's sad to not see her here. Um, and I think that's why they couldn't really go back too far in time when they were doing these flashbacks, you know? That's a good point. Uh, because, yeah. So... Marshall's really excited because he's got this chart that has actually worked out that Barney's uh, Barney's average is like less than one or a little over one percent. If you take into account the the number of women per week, per year that he hits on. And he says 16 years of sexual activity. Rhonda and he had sex when he was 23. So Barney's almost 40. Right. He's 39? I guess. That's like a good deal older than them. Aren't they all like early yeah. 30s, right? Yeah. I I like this is the first time I'd done the math and realized that he was like nearly 40. And they just huh. never have a 40th thing for him. So not that he would allow that. But isn't that interesting? That's 39. I never right? even thought about 23 it. 23 plus 16 years of sexual activities. 39. Yeah. Okay, cool. So he has the same he has a <laughs> I don't know okay we might be wrong I know right someone will be someone like will actually out. I mean but I appreciate it but we, yeah, just, me don't, too, we me just too. don't like being wrong no but we we want this I to like be, the knowledge yes exactly we want this to be a show of repute yeah unlike Trump we can admit where we're wrong exactly so Robin is being quiet <laughs> about her number of partners <laughs> suspiciously quiet suspiciously quiet and we find out that the number is important because of something a middle schooler said to Barney when he was in middle school. He's been living his entire life based on this kid saying that he had sex with 107th grade girls on Long Island. 
Matthew Panning. Matthew Panning. So. I told you they were in seventh grade at my cousin's right. school. I'm like, I'm like come, come on. on, dude. And Barney totally bought it. And so he's just, there are just these lies that he's built his life on, like the hundred girls, fucking Bob Barker. So we see again, like how and why Barney's so stunted. I feel so. I know. I know. Who knew? Like what a sham your adult life is. So. Yeah. Um. So we find out because Robin is sitting there sort of counting and looking through that Petra is actually going to be number 199 and not 200 because Barney put one girl on there twice. So he has to run off and try to bang a girl within two hours. And NPH speed hitting on girls is really funny because we get to see some of the lines he uses that probably work when they're not, you know, spewed out in five seconds. And he even tries to go for Lily as a Hail Mary. I I will end your life. I will end your life. So. I promise I'll do all the work. I promise I'll do all the work. Yeah, I love it. So (laughs) none of it works and he runs off. They're not sure what happened as Barney's want to do. And I love that Robin's like, doesn't seem to be a lot of ethnic diversity on this list. He should really look about, look at that in himself, (laughs) which I love. Yeah. I love she was like very critical of like critically reviewing the list. So he comes back an hour later, like toe up from the flow up. Like he's icing his junk. He's clearly worn out and no one knows what's going on. Turns out there is a female power builder, power lifter, bodybuilder type. At his gym, who has, yeah, Pauline, who's wanted to bang him for a while. And apparently, oh, this line really sticks with me. I can't even say I know what you're going to say. Every inch of her body (laughs) tasted like roast beef and creatine. And also, what's the razor burn about? Did he, she make him shave? I don't know. Were they implying she had hair on her face? Oh, yeah, maybe. So, Robin has bad news. (laughs) It turns out Pauline is actually 200 because in addition to double counting one girl, Barney also double counted a number, used the same number twice. And Barney is devastated. But it turns out he did end up sleeping with with a centerfold. For yeah, 200 because a magazine Pauline is in muscle sexy two X's and a Y, which not the best joke. So no. And this is why Ted stopped at the stand, not to see Petra Petrova, but to see Pauline in her issue of muscle sexy. He looked up for a full minute. Yeah, full minute. So in addition to turning left to get the bagel mm-hmm. and stopping for a full minute, to check out Barney's 200th. He also cut down 77th and got to a corner a minute early. And if he hadn't done that, then the kids might not have ever been born. But why did he cut down 77th to give a man on the street $1? Well, it's time for another story. Which ties to a story before about the fucking, the charts. mm Mm-hmm, exactly. And we don't know exactly how long ago this was but i think it's probably more how many weeks 
do you think the charts went on for? Well, it says back when Marshall started at GMB. Oh, yeah, when he started. So they were, I, I think the charts were happening a lot. A lot. Until recently when they got fed up and did the intervention. All right, so... Right, so when Marshall first started working at GMB, he found the fucking graphics department, which can make as many graphs and as many charts and as many colors and as many kinds of papers as he wants, which is, I love you, goes, oh, Fran, oh, Franny, Franny, Fran, we are going to have some fun. And we get this, like, a delicious montage of Marshall and his, and his like, visuals. Yep. And... This is so up my alley. Hell yeah. I would fucking love to do this. Yes. Anything, anything. So so Marshall has um, a chart made up ranking the order of presidents' names based on how dirty they sound. <laughs> he has a Venn diagram of people who are breaking my heart and people who are shaking my confidence daily in the middle. Cecilia. Cecilia. <laughs> and a pie chart describing his favorite bars and a bar graph showing his favorite chart, which, of course, then leads to an intervention, mm-hmm. which was written by Stephen Lloyd. Yes. So Marshall, Lily, and – oh, no, 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 Lily. Mar- Lily. Blech. Barney, Robin, and Ted have an intervention about the signs and any real visual representation of of data. But Marshall's prepared because <laughs> you know he shows them that while the interest has gone down, he acknowledges he's got a that. Projection. Yeah, he knows. He knows. And I mean, Cecilia, that was he peaked he there. Peaked. Um, but his projection chart, based on recent trends, is showing some big sustainable growth. <laughs> Not a dead cat bounce. I love that one. It also so looks it looks like Lily is Lily I think is in the green and I think her line drops off before anybody else. As far as the interest goes, I was like trying to see like I was thinking maybe Lily would be like more in the middle, but you see Marshall way up top. Yeah. And then it looks like Lily's just fucking crashes at some point. Sick of his shit. Yeah, sick of it cuz she's probably seeing it all night. All night. Hearing about it. Now, if you were Fran, would you be having fun with this? Oh my god! It would he right? would be my favorite person. Same, yes. same, for sure. Break up the monotony. You know what I mean? I feel like she had to know as soon as she told him that when he was yeah. As soon as he was like, "Oh, Franny, Franny, Fran," she knew. Well, I mean, she really left herself open she sold to it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I love the Cecilia one the best because I think of it every time the song's on. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. Um. Not too long ago either. Where I can't remember where I was. It's on like all of my playlists. So I hear it all the it's time. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Um, at GMB sometime later, Marshall is giving some like very big presentation <laughs> and has some charts that he's got, you know, made up to show them how setting up a shell corporation in Bermuda will save them all some jail time. But <laughs> turns out he doesn't actually have any charts because... Ted threw them out, and you know, as he tells Marshall, that's how an intervention works. You 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 um you you throw out their stash, yeah. but actually, that's not how an intervention it's not. works it's not. at all. Um, you make a plan, you gather information, form the <laughs> intervention team, decide on specific consequences, uh, make notes on what to stay. Your addiction has negatively affected me. Right. Yeah. I was upset and hurt when you drank. Yeah. Um, the holding the ways. intervention meeting and then following up. So, you know, what they could have done is turned and walked away the next time he wanted to show them yes, a chart. Yes, right. Consequences. Yeah. Um, 
But even Ted knows that he fucked up because he tells Marshall he'll bring them down, um, which means Marshall has to stall. (laughs) And uh, his go-to is the fucking fish joke. The fucking fish list. Fish are weird, right? I mean, what's up with fish? Is there a land bass I don't know about? And he's like all like real oh close. God. Did did Stephen Lloyd write the fish list episode, the first one? That was one about like lying to people to protect their feelings. I don't know if he did. I don't think he did. I don't such a good such a good callback. I don't know. They really yeah. like they just know their characters so well to like bring shit back around. Ugh. That's what I love about getting deeper into the into the seasons because you get so many more of those. Yeah, I agree. So Ted runs down to the dumpster to look for the charts, and he hears Milt, their friendly neighborhood man on the street, shouting about charts. Mm-hmm. So Ted rushes over, explains the situation, that those are his charts. And Milt says, those are your charts on my blanket, which also happens to be Ted's blanket. <laughs> I love that. But whatever. So Milt tells Ted it'll be $1 million, which is clearly insane, but Ted has to strike a deal, yeah. and so he does. He tells Milt that... Um, there's a withdrawal limit on the ATM and that he'll pay Milt $1 every day for a million days, which is, of course, 2,700 years. Yeah. What a deal. <laughs> so then we see Ted rushing with the charts just in time because, whew, yeah, fish jokes. Fish jokes, yep. So, first of all, Ted is a sucker. Everyone thinks that, you know, Milt is crazy, but Ted has already paid more with a dollar a day, because he seems to be, like, really doing it, then those fucking charts are worth. So, Milt's gotten the better end of this deal. And I like that Ted keeps his word. He's a good dude. So, yeah, if he hadn't brought the charts back, he wouldn't have crossed the street to Milt and gotten down 77th Street. And so, we come back around to future Ted telling us that there are lots of little reasons that the big things in our life happen. And he says, if I'd known how grateful I'd be, I would have hugged all of the people that had affected these uh, these choices that I made. So you see him like go back in time and he hugs Milt and he hugs uh, he hugs the fucking. The news people at the magazine. The news, stand. The ma- yeah, the magazine stand. And then he hugs the the food inspector, the health inspector. I love that one because the guy's like mm-hmm. yelling and then he like smiles and hugs him and then goes back to yelling. And they're taking the D out of the delicious. Yeah. Or like something like they're pointing to yep. it. Um, he hugs Robin who's puking and poor Eunice and her handbags. Oh. So he hugs everybody. And this reminds me of time travelers, mm. which is another uh, late, late season episode where he talks about, if I had known, this is what I would have done with that time. Um, and he talks about all the places he would go if he could go back there. So, ooh, God, what an episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah. uh, 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 um, and then we hear Glad Girl. Was that season eight, nine, seven? I think it's seven. I don't know. Doesn't yeah. matter. So, um... Glad Girl swells up as this is all happening. And that mm-hmm. is one of the songs they played in New York. Remember? I I find myself remembering that night more and more often. Like the last like month or so, I keep thinking about it. I don't know why. Well, it's all the universe pointing towards good things. I know. What is the universe trying to tell us? I don't know. So... Yeah, he's hugging everybody, and then we're there. We're at the right place, the right time. He says, if all of those things hadn't happened, his life never would have never been the same. So basically, we can deduce that if 
if this day didn't happen the way it did, he wouldn't have met their mom. And so he's just so Mm -hmm. grateful that Robin got food poisoning and uh, that he had to start, you know, paying Milt a dollar every day. All these little tiny things that add up. And he gets the tap on the shoulder and turns around. We all think it's going to be the mother. And it's fucking Mm -hmm. Stella. So it's like fucking Stella. Is she the fucking mom? Right. You just have this thought Mm -hmm. of like, what the fuck? Is this her umbrella? What is going on? So after the black, we're kind of left stunned because Stella was someone that Ted Ted is not not an ex that Ted is keeping around like Robin. Right. Like she humiliated him. He hid under a table. She humiliated him. But somehow her being on that street corner is meant to be. What the fuck? What the fuck? Can't wait to find out what that's about. So we see Barney meeting up with Matthew Panning to really tell him what's up and, you know, brag about his sex, his sexcapades. And (laughs) Matthew's like, I obviously didn't have sex with a hundred girls in seventh grade. Like, I was a fucking seventh grader. I was lying. Obviously. And you've built your whole life around something I said when I was 12. I gotta go pick my kids up. So, like, there's just this whole moment of Barney realizing that everybody is moving on and settling down and getting families while he is chasing a lie that was told Mm -hmm. to him in middle school. And so he takes his list and he's like, all right, 200. What's next? So now it's like he has decided to move into the next phase of his life, which is not Mm -hmm. hitting 300 or 400. It's like, I need a new challenge. And what's a challenge for Barney but a relationship? Mm -hmm. And there's Robin at the bar. Hi, Robin's right there. (sighs) So as we've said, not pregnant pregnant at all. Whatever, Whatever happens, like we know that Barney has to say something to Robin by the end of this season. That's the the new challenge, the risk he has to take. So we are getting so close. We only have two episodes left. Is that right? I think so. As yeah. fast as she can in the leap. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no wonder this really ratcheted Shit. up the uh, the stakes here. So what did you think of Right Place, Right Time, Caitlin? It's, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. I love an episode where we get. A, a more more of a backstory of all the characters like a little things get fleshed out a little bit more for everybody mm-hmm. you know nothing huge happens like it's it's this big setup yeah moving us Move along it. moving it reminding us yeah. where what why we're here yeah and in the meantime it's sort of you know giving us even more character which is which is always fun we have a couple yeah. episodes like that where something big is going on um but then we get these stories about the past that are sort of filling mm-hmm. it in. So stay tuned for those. Um, let's get into the legendary moments. We have a bunch of new listeners who wrote in, which is very Woo-hoo. exciting. Which is, yeah. Um, all right. So first up is Anna, or maybe it's Anna. Not sure. Anna says, I love him, and I just started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago. I am not yet caught up, but wanted to send in a legendary moment for this episode. For me, it is a tie between Marshall's graphs and charts, which are so funny and cute, and the scene where Ted goes and hugs everyone, which was so sweet. Have a great week. Thanks, Anna. Next, another new listener, (laughs) Molly. 
Marshall, who is for sure the best character, hands down, agreed, and his adorable glee with all the charts. The pie chart of his favorite bars, <laughs> and the bar graph of his favorite pies, is writing magic, <clears throat> and his delivery is amazing. And of course, this results in an intervention, and I love Ted's line of really any visual representation of data. <laughs> Hilarious. I also love the tiny moments and lines in Him Yum that can be easily overlooked. My fave this episode is when Ted is talking to the homeless guy and he says, I will give you $1 million. And the homeless guy says, urinating. Instead of listening, yeah. <laughs> Literally, laugh out loud, funny. Love this show so much. Best wishes to you both and thank you for this. It's a bright light in this crazy time. Oh, thanks, Molly. Yeah, thanks. Next up is a new listener and patron, David R. So I'm going to read his full email. All of our patrons get their emails read in their entirety. So David R. says, so excited to have finally caught up on all your episodes. Love the podcast. Left a review, which I barely, barely do for anything. True story. Thank you, David. Uh, been waiting to send in a legendary moment for so long now. I sent one in very early on in my listening, but that was before I knew to put the subject of the email as the title of the episode. Ah, such is life. Ooh, yeah. That definitely got lost. For this week's episode, Right Place, Right Time was very difficult. I love this episode in so many ways. Well, not Barney for 200. First, just the whole concept of how the decisions we make, we have no idea how it will impact our lives. Literally, I have my current job. Because I happened to stop by my old office on a random Tuesday when I was in town visiting family. Had I decided not to stop, I would not even know the job was open. Completely unexpected and was literally the right place at the right time. Second, it is very hard to pick one legmo. And yes, you spelled it right. <laughs> and thanks to you too, <laughs> I have a newfound appreciation of trying to find all the subtleties of the show. Yes, I am referencing Marshall eating the cake at Claudia and Stewart's wedding. <laughs> this episode has a few lines that will be callbacks for later, but um, I will get to those later. There were two subtleties from this episode that have me laughing out loud. One, when Ted brings Marshall his charts, the chart can, that can be seen is the Marshall's group's projected interest in charts chart. <laughs> two, I never noticed. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw it. It went down my shirt. Oh, I got it. Trying to get them titties. Hang on. I gotta kill it. Die! Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, everybody. I'll go down my shirt. Okay. I never noticed in who knows how many times I have watched this show that Milt had his headphones plugged into his orange. Yep. <laughs> Third, for my actual legmo, I think I have to choose Ted's reaction to where Robin got food poisoning and his line of, now I have to find another place in New York that serves bagels. Look, this isn't the great moment of the episode, but man, I understand that feeling when you can no longer go to one of your favorite go-to restaurants. That feeling is real. Again, so glad I caught up, David. Thank you, David. Glad to have you. Thanks, David. Stink bugs smell like bananas when you kill them, by the way. Oh, really? I hate the smell of bananas. Yeah, it's foul. So. I don't like it. Gross. Continue. We have another legendary moment coming from Sam P. Sam P. writes, Hey, k and I hope you are mentally prepared for the stress of the election and our other eyes. Well, well we're good now, buddy. <sighs> good we're now. Good Thank now. you. I don't know what I would have done, but I don't need to think about it. Mm-hmm. 
While I usually don't touch on these issues in the email since you guys already handle it better than I can, I have to say that I really, really hate the transphobia in this episode. Mm. I know it was a while ago and the writers would do it differently in 2020, but the whole thing makes my skin crawl, especially when watching with someone who hasn't seen it. I will at least say, though, that I appreciated them somewhat addressing the lack of diversity with Robin's joke, because right before watching this episode, I did a mental count of prominent black characters on the show and was disappointed. Oh, God, it's it's just James. Is there anybody else that's, like, prompt, like, that's in more than one episode? No. No. No love interests. Nope. That I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, Ted dates one, one black woman. Kevin. Kevin, Yeah. Kevin's a fucking nerd, though. Yeah. I just don't ever think of Kevin about anything, but we'll get to Kevin. He just, he makes me like, "Eh." I know. He's basically Ted. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, and we'll get there. Yeah, no spoilers. Anyway. Anyway, while, of course, the end of the episode is great, my legendary moment is Marshall, as he is just so damn funny in this episode, especially with his charts. I particularly love the one with the presidents ranked by how dirty their names sound. (laughs) As a presidential history nerd, I like Andrew Johnson's name being brought up, given that he is the closest comparison to the literal demon from hell we all know and vomit when thinking of hell. Thanks for reading, Sam. P.S. Though I could do without the homeless people are crazy bit, I love how Ted already knows milled and is pretty casual about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. And I mean, yeah. I, I think about that too. I mean, yes, the fucking t- two X's and a Y is, is trash. And then I also know. the, the you know, all homeless people are crazy thing. But listen, there are people with mental illness on the streets of New York. It's it's a fact. Like, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, yes, you it's, it is handled hopefully more delicately now on TV. Um. But they're also just a part of your life when you live there. And I love that Ted, like, Milt is his neighbor. You know, he's there Mm -hmm. every day taking his blankets and selling his shit. So I totally, (laughs) I totally get like the, uh, but I think this was better handled than the, the, the the Pauline jokes for sure. Yeah. Okay. Next up is our, is our longtime buddy Tish. And she says, hey, K&K, I have to say the guest hosts were amazing and had me laughing so hard. Caitlin, the chemistry between the three of you was amazing. Robin really said representation matters when she looked through Barney's list. This isn't my favorite episode or anything, but it's a super important one and has such a strong, powerful message. That being said, my legendary moment is the overarching lesson that every moment serves a purpose and leads you to where you need to be. This is such a hard thing to believe in, but I truly believe it. Especially with a year like 2020 with nothing really going as planned. Yeah, we're all taking a mulligan on 2020. I truly believe things uh, that happened this year were meant to set me up for something else, even if I wasn't expected or thought it would be. That's not saying that I don't think bad things happen, that you drift off your path, but I think you react to it. I think how you react to it can lead you to something different, good or bad. Amen. Hmm. On one of your later latest episodes, you were talking about how many pod episodes you have. Well, I counted. <gasps> Tish! And including this one, you have made 93 pod episodes, including all your special bonus mini episodes. This doesn't include any special Patreon-specific episodes, however. Regards, Tish. Wow. Thank you, Tish. Yeah, so Thank you, Tish. With the Patreon mini episodes, we're probably close to 100. But we'll, we'll, That's we'll wild. count just the main ones. So we're almost at 100. How cool. That's 
That's crazy. Right? I have uh, things to share after the uh, after the podcast. I don't need to be recorded. Perfect. But nothing like juicy or anything. Just like interesting. Fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sam H writes to us. Definitely a difficult one to pick a single legendary mm-hmm. moment, but I must give it to Marshall and his charts, which delight me every single time I watch this episode. Good one. All right. Next up is Matthew, and Matthew says hi, K and K. Right Place, Right Time is definite is a decent enough episode, though it definitely feels like part one of a two or three part episode, which, yeah, it is. I think it would have been far weaker if not for a strong dash of humor and the usage of several runners and callbacks. So I have two legendary moments. My smaller legendary moment is the return of most of those runners and callbacks. The Yellow Umbrella, the Intervention Banner, Marshall's Fish Comedy. Yeah, they really did pack it. All lovely to see make a return, but not Stella's return because she is my equivalent to the disdain disdain felt for Victoria by a certain Hey Beautiful host early (laughs) in the series. Thank you so much. More significant legendary moment is Marshall's enthusiasm for and usage of charts and graphs. With Marshall, it is often the little things that are the best. The faces and vocal inflections he makes when explaining each of his charts are so funny. And of course... The highlight must be his line. This is a pie chart describing my favorite bars. And this is a bar graph describing my favorite pies. (laughs) Additionally, the sheer variety of different subjects he comes up with as inspiration for his charts and graphs is equally amusing. As always, thank you for everything you do to make Hey Beautiful such a funny, clever, and worthwhile podcast. Your wonderful efforts enrich the lives of everyone who listens in so many ways. Stay beautiful and awesome. Thank you, Matthew. That's so nice. That's really nice. We have the best fans. All right. Speaking of fans, our next uh, friend in our HB fam writing in to us is Jordan. Hey, y'all. It's Jordan. I have been waiting for this episode for two reasons. One, it has my favorite quote in parentheses, short monologue from the entire show. And two, it is the episode I got my Him Yum tattoo from. That being said, my legendary moment for this episode is Ted's speech at the beginning. The entire thing is amazing to me, but the lines I really resonate with are, never forget that on any day you can step out the front door and your whole life can change forever. The universe has a plan, kids, and that plan is always in motion. All these little parts of the machine constantly working, making sure you end up exactly where you're supposed to be, exactly when you're supposed to be there. I think one of the reasons Himya means so much to me is because it made me believe that everything I do has a purpose and is part of the plan that is set for me. The show made me have hope for happy endings, fate, and all that lovey-dovey shit. This show has gotten me through some tough times, and I have taken so many life lessons from it. It feels like home when I'm watching it, and it just makes me so happy. Okay, enough with the sappy. I'm definitely a robot like Caitlin, but this show makes me have a bit of a heart, lol. My Himyum tattoo says, always in motion. Cool. To remind me that no matter how bad things get, it is all leading somewhere. It is all part of a plan for me that is always in motion. I attached a picture for y'all to see. It's on my inner left bicep. Love it. The next episode is so good. I love it. Can't wait for the next recap. Hope y'all are doing well and staying warm. Happy Halloween, Woo! Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Oh, God, it's all so true. And we'll, I mean, we'll talk Mm -hmm. about it when we get to the end of the season. But I think both of us have been at points in our life where we thought, oh, my life's over. Like, this is horrible. And this is the bottom. And it's never going to get better. And what is Mm -hmm. even the point, right? But look at us now. Look at, look at, look at us now. Like, 
it's stick around, guys. Stick around to find out what happens because you really never know. Truly, you never know. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So next up is David M, who is one of our longtime patrons. And David says, first Legmo goes to Ted's speech in the beginning. It really gives me hope that some random causality can make my life better. It tr- it's true. It will. Second is for Robin joking that she's pregnant. I love when they make jokes about how they're writing around actresses' pregnancies. And third, mm-hmm. <clears throat> third is the, this is a pie chart describing my favorite bars, and this is a bar graph describing my favorite pies. I love Marshall's humor, except fish humor. Wow. No love, I love his no fish No love joke. for the fish list. I love, I love the fish yeah, list. Too. Is there a land bass I don't know about? That one killed me tonight love i love all his fish jokes Me i too. just do also jordan love your tattoo so pretty that right gorgeous yes Ooh, and look at this we have a voicemail from helena Ooh, let's check the answering machine hey kate and caitlin long time listener first time caller um i just wanted to say first of all this is one of my favorite episodes like in the whole show i because I am so much a Ted, I love all of the really, like, emotional, um, big, overarching, connecting everything kind of episodes. But if I had to narrow it down to just one legendary moment, I have to say Marshall's montage with all the charts. It's something that I look back on a lot. This time when I was watching it, I noticed on the list of presidents, one of the Bushes is number two, but then the other one is down at number nine. I don't even know what that's about. Um, and then also, of course, this is a pie chart describing my favorite bars, and this is a bar graph describing my favorite pies. Is like one of the best jokes in the whole thing. So um, I'm glad that this was the first episode that I submitted a legendary moment for. I love you guys. Keep it going and have a good night. All right. Thank you so much, Helen. Um, don't forget, thank friends, you. you can always send us your voicemail. They are very fun. Yay. I love hearing everyone's know, voice. Same. And last but never least is our buddy Summer. Summer says, legendary moment for this episode is when they're talking about the date with the supermodel and Barney does the Jim Carrey laugh. Ted's reaction seems much more like Josh Radner's reaction. In the next scene, it definitely <laughs> looks like Josh is trying to keep it together always. Also, where has Lily been the last three episodes? On maternity leave. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, on maternity we leave. We miss her so much, don't worry. She's gone mm. because of the joke. Yeah. It was boy funny, not girl funny. Sexist, but a little bit true. True. What's your legendary moment for Right Place, Right Time? I go back and forth between Cecilia Chart mm. and the opening monologue. Mm. Same. So why don't we give it to the writing? Brilliant. Stephen Lloyd gets the legend because, wow, that opening monologue is it's the show. Like, I love when they do that. Me too. It's so good. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are so close to the end of season four. Can you fucking believe it? No. Shit's about to get real, guys. Season five is is a cracker of a season. So I'm pumped for season five. I can't believe we're there. I know. It's so amazing. So we will Mm -hmm. see you next time as we inch closer to the end of this year and the end of this season with as fast as she can, which is arguably one of my favorites. Mm. And, you know, Stella's whole thing in that is one of my favorite things about the show. 
And we will have a special interview from Richard Greenleaf himself, Amir Talai. Send your legendary moments for as fast as she can to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put the name of the episode in the subject line so I don't lose it. Thank you to Rachel's Cookies and Treats for being our sponsor and sending us lovely gift packages. Oh, my God. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. So what delicious. An angel. If you loved this recap, please leave us an Apple podcast review because those will help us get noticed by more uh, Hemium lovers. And also be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, so you never miss a recap. And we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. <laughs> <laughs>